0: My name is Leonidas, and this is Informed Descent. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 22 of Informed Descent, the podcast where we push back against the culture of groupthink and challenge the narrative. I hope you're having a fantastic week. So, I don't know if you've heard of this Blue Anon thing, that's been making rounds, but it's basically a play on the concept of QAnon, right? A group of people who pushed right wing conspiracy theories. But Blue Anon focuses on left wing people who push wild conspiracy theories and who exhibit cult like behavior. And it's made its way onto Urban Dictionary, where it's currently defined as a loosely organized group of Democrat voters politicians, and media personalities who spread left-wing conspiracy theories such as the Russia hoax, Jussie Smollett hoax, Ukraine hoax, Covington Kids hoax, and Brett Kavanaugh hoax. Blue non adherents fervently believe that right-wing extremists are going to storm Capitol Hill any day now and remove lawmakers from office, hence the need for deployment of thousands of National Guards stationed at the U.S. Capitol. In the... <laughs> The context example is, hey, did you see that brave Democrat sitting on the Capitol steps on March 5th to send a message to QAnon? Uh, yeah, that was blue-anon, yo. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. But it, it's accurate, right? I mean, all of this ridiculous pearl clutching over QAnon, and, and these people push conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory, while having the gall... To label others conspiracy theorists. The National Guard have been extended to stay in D.C. until May now. The barbed wire fencing remains up. D.C. remains militarized. And for what? Where's the threat? And like any good conspiracy theorist. When a certain prediction doesn't come true. Like say white supremacists are going to attack the Capitol on a certain date. Then they just shrug it off and move the date back. And nobody calls them on it. I mean, honestly, the biggest and most dangerous conspiracy theory that exists at the moment is critical race theory and the self-proclaimed anti-racist who adhere to it. And we've talked about that many times on the show before. And you're going to be hearing me continue to talk about this stuff a lot because the threat is so pervasive. And I'm not sure people realize just how pernicious and diabolical it really is. I mean, these anti-racist people are certifiably nuts. Nuts. They're, they're crazy. I mean, every week there are new examples of the psychosis permeating our institutions. This week is no different. An Arizona State Associate Dean apparently wrote a book called Labor-Based Grading Contracts, where he detailed how grading students' writing is a form of racism and white supremacy. Grading students' writing is a form of racism and white supremacy. I. This is the insanity that underlies critical race theory. And it is insanity. The foundation of this argument is that meritocracy itself is somehow based in whiteness and is inherently a racist idea. Students excelling because of high quality work is apparently emblematic of white supremacy. It's just, it gets to a point where I wonder how on earth this is even real. How can people possibly hold these positions without recognizing just how utterly insane they sound? When you look at it rationally, it's clear, clear that you're doing exactly what you claim to be against. You're ascribing positive desirable traits to whiteness, and significantly lowering the bar for everyone else. And the argument, of course, is that the only reason we think those things are good is because of white supremacy. It's just an unbelievably terrible argument. It's the same idea as calling advanced classes unfair, or standardized testing unfair, and racist. I mean, it's bigotry of low expectations. That's what it is. It's treating non-white people like they have some kind of disability or handicap. And so in pursuit of equity, the more capable white people must be brought down to the level of the poor, disabled, non-white people to make things fair. How is that your mindset? And how do you think that's okay? I don't get it. I don't understand why people want to see their skin color, as a disability. I don't, I don't understand why people want to feel like they have a handicap and be treated like they have a handicap just because their skin's a certain color. I don't understand it. I got in a debate on Twitter with Jeff Charles, who writes for Red State, because he was taking a supportive position of stores marketing products based on race. So, a certain product might have "black-owned" or "Hispanic-owned" or something like that labeled on the shelf, so you know the race of the business owner. Now to me, that's complete madness, because clearly, just on the surface, switching out black for white and marketing products that say "white-owned," that would obviously cause a complete meltdown. There'd be mass protests and rioting. The FBI would be involved. LeBron would be crying on TV. It'd be a massive problem. But even beyond that, I mean, it's just it is stupid. It's dumb. And again, we see the bigotry of low expectations coming into play. Because the argument here is that these businesses need to be labeled so that people can help support them and help them succeed. What kind of condescending nonsense is that? The implication is that these businesses cannot compete with white-owned businesses and cannot stand on their own quality and their own merit, and that they require special help in order to thrive. And we see this kind of approach over and over and over again. They treat dark skin color like a disability, something that requires special needs in order to do as well as the others who have lighter skin. I I don't know about you, but where I come from, that's called racism. Look, I know this blue anon and woke stuff is somewhat of a jokey phrase, and I do my fair bit of satirizing this stuff and making incredulous jokes about it, but it cannot be overstated how evil and dangerous this stuff is. It's not a joke, and it's extending its tentacles into every aspect of our society. Barry Weiss published an article in the City Journal the other day entitled The Miseducation of Americans' Elites, where she details how parents of private school students are terrified to dissent against the woke ideology being pushed in these schools. And I just want to highlight some of it here because it's legitimately horrifying. This particular article focused on interviews done with parents and teachers in California and New York. And It reads exactly like a description of people trapped in a cult because that's that's exactly what it is. These parents meet clandestinely on Zoom calls. They use pseudonyms. They have this whole underground meeting strategy because they say they could face profound repercussions if they're found out. You have a math teacher in New York saying he feels like it's a cult and it's all around him. And he's just trying to save kids from becoming members. These parents say that their kids are afraid to speak up in class. They're being taught that capitalism is evil, that America is fundamentally a bad country, and that they, the white students, bear collective racial guilt. Not a single parent would give their name because they're afraid of backlash. If you didn't know better, you'd think I was talking about North Korea There was one parent who Weiss reported uh, came from a communist country and said, I came to this country escaping the very same fear of retaliation that now my child feels. A student at Fieldston High School in New York said that they aren't allowed to use the phrase Newton's laws anymore. Instead, they have to call them the three fundamental laws of physics in order to de-center whiteness. Decenter whiteness, reducing Newton and his contributions to physics to skin color. Another New York school, Brentwood, held racially segregated community building sessions, replaced their English curriculum without telling the parents, replacing classics like Scarlet Letter and To Kill a Mockingbird with woke literature like Dear Martin and Dear Justice. And they had a whole faculty book study of Robin DiAngelo's white fragility. (laughs) It's just unreal. The article goes on and on and details horrifying fact after horrifying fact. Parents, teachers, students, whoever even questions the dogma, they're bullied and shamed. These schools are teaching kids that white people are inherently racist and that non white people are inherently victims. That's what they're teaching. And they're teaching them to be obsessed with skin color, that everything revolves around it. Sure, nothing bad can ever come from that. It's just, it's not good, guys. I, I say it all the time, but we really need to push back on this stuff wherever we find it. If it's happening where you live, make it known that you're against it. You know, sometimes people just need to see someone else stand up before they find the courage to do it too. I mean, just in general, we need to do a better job at supporting people when the cancel mob attacks. You know, people need to feel free to express their beliefs. But many don't because of the looming threat of the mob. And it isn't always clear that anyone will be there to back them up if the mob comes after them. And that needs to change. We need to have each other's back and stand up against this stuff. I just can't believe that this is where we are as a country right now we have made great strides in moving toward a post-racial society we had and then all of a sudden the bottom fell out and it's difficult not to pinpoint the beginning of that uh to be in 2008 with the election of barack obama the divider in chief We've allowed this small group of intellectually bankrupt morons to hijack our entire society through the education system. And now we find ourselves surrounded by a mindless cult that believes racism is a noble pursuit if targeted toward a certain racial group. And the hatred and animosity and vitriol that emanates from the people who have fully subscribed to this cult is just unbelievable. You have people actually contemplating whether they should marry someone or not, because it would mean marrying into a white family. You have people saying outright that they hate white people and that they block white people on social media because they can say and do nothing creative or profound. That was a real tweet. You have kids being forced to affirm their white privilege and confess their racism like it's some kind of Maoist struggle session. This is not America at all. We are better than this. I said on Twitter that I would love nothing more than to never talk about race ever again. I honestly would. I'm so, so sick of it. I, it does nothing but cause division and drive hostility, like I said last episode. But I have to talk about it because I have to push back against the prevailing narrative, which is a narrative that says that race is the most important thing about us. And I hate it. I hate it. I wish I didn't have to, but I feel compelled to because somebody has to speak out against it. And as bad as that is, as as horrifically awful As that is, what's actually worse is that all of this is being used as a gateway to communism. And that sounds cliche, but listen, they will tell you straight up that this is a cultural revolution. They'll tell you and they will employ the same tactics that were seen in Maoist China. That's not a coincidence. They'll remove and destroy Cultural icons, references, traditions, statues. They're literally trying to dismantle cultural institutions and replace them with their own. They'll hold struggle sessions to humiliate anyone who doesn't bow to their ideology, like I already mentioned. They are anti capitalist. They target youth and use them as weapons. This is a communist revolution, guys. The Chinese revolution focused on destroying the four olds, which were old ideas, old customs, old habits, and old culture. They literally wanted to erase history to make way for the new ideology. So they, they would change the names of streets and the names of buildings. They would destroy things like grave sites and statues and monuments. They, they would tear down certain architecture destroy classic literature and paintings and anything that was deemed to be misaligned with Maoism. They would publicly humiliate dissidents and force them to confess to their crimes, which were some form of heresy against the ideology. Does any of that sound familiar? And ultimately, millions of people ended up being killed. I want to read you this quote from a critical race theory textbook. Just to pinpoint how horrific this stuff is, it says, quote, Crits, or critical race theory advocates, are also highly suspicious of another liberal mainstay, namely rights. Especially some of the older, more radical CRT scholars with roots in racial realism and an economic view of history Believe that moral and legal rights are apt to do the right holder much less good than many would like to think. Rights are almost always procedural, for example, to a fair process, rather than substantive, for example, to food, housing, or education. Think how our system applauds affording everyone equality of opportunity, but resist programs to ensure equality of results. End quote. Suspicious of rights, equality of results, which is now called equity, that should chill you to the core. And every time you hear the word equity, you need to know that this is what they're talking about. They're talking about suspending or removing completely people's rights in order to try to achieve equality of outcome. This is what they mean. I've talked before about how they're hostile to the First Amendment, and, and that's only part of it. I mean, they think that freedom of speech is oppressive and prevents equity, prevents equality of outcome, and that's why the First Amendment and freedom of speech must be dismantled. These are the things that they believe. I'm not sure people realize just how diabolical and pervasive this stuff is, but we need to realize it and we need to do something about it and quick. Okay, that's enough about race for now, I think. Like I said, I hate talking about it. Even though I I talk about it all the time, but still. But Blue Anon is not exclusively about race, after all. Although race and racism are its primary weapons. But Blue Anon is involved in all kinds of other insanity, like canceling a cartoon skunk for supposedly perpetuating rape culture. Canceling the word normal on beauty products. Believing that Trump had children in concentration camps, but ignoring Biden holding a record number of migrant children in the same or similar facilities. Believing Biden's cognition is intact and everything is under control. Canceling a guitar player for reading a book. Refusing to open schools despite the incessant chants of trust the science. Pretending like being obese is healthy and isn't a primary risk factor for COVID mortality. Again, trust the science. Supporting the National Guard in Washington, D.C. and calling that a crisis, while DHS asks for volunteers to help secure the border, and they pretend not to notice. Believing in racial conspiracies within the British royal family, because Meghan Markle, also a member of Blue Anon, said so. Nope, I've talked about race again. I won't go through all these, but I'll I'll just hit a few. So let's start with the infamous rapist, sexual assault fiend, Pepe Le Pew. He has been canceled. Removed from Space Jam 2. Resigned to the shadows of shame in the forgotten halls of Looney Tunes history. Good riddance to that monster. That, you have to wonder... Do these people actually believe that a cartoon skunk inspired people to become rapists? Like, is that really the position you want to take? Are you, can, can you imagine that defense in court? <laughs> Your Honor, I am not responsible. I was influenced by a cartoon. <laughs> so dumb. So, yeah, my wife and I were watching Looney Tunes the other night, actually. And we were watching an episode of Foghorn Leghorn. And man, the stuff they put in those old cartoons was outrageous. But that's what made them funny, right? I mean, like Foghorn Leghorn was setting traps for a baby rooster that had just been born because he didn't want the rooster to take his place. Now, it wasn't like an actual baby, like the rooster was born able to talk and Like, had a witty sense of humor the whole time. So, it's like, he was like a kid. But that's how those cartoons work. But, um, so he set all these traps for this little kid rooster, right? And one was a shotgun on a string. He tried to get the rooster to pull. Uh, He threw a ball into traffic and told him to go get it. (laughs) He tried to get him to step on a landmine. (laughs) If you ever watch Looney Tunes, none of that is surprising. There's crazy stuff all the time. I mean, those kind of physical comedy gags were commonplace, and they're extremely funny. It's violence, but it's comedic cartoon violence. I mean, when Foghorn Leghorn shoots himself with his own gun, his beak gets all twisted and his feathers get blown off. But other than that, he's fine. And we understand it as a joke. Even as kids, it was understood to be cartoon goofiness. It's not real. (laughs) And the joke with Pepe Le Pew was that he was a skunk and he had no clue that he smelled horrendous. No clue. Completely oblivious to his stench. In no way was he a hero or a role model. It was just, it was simply a running gag where he would mistake a female cat for a skunk. After the cat somehow ended up with a line of white paint down its back And he would pursue her and the cat would try her best to escape because he was a skunk. (laughs) That's why it was funny. It's a comedy of errors. Mistaking a cat for a skunk and having absolutely no clue how offensive he is. Both in excessive affection and his rancid smell. Nobody wanted to be Pepe Le Pew. Nobody admired that behavior and wanted to emulate it. Nobody wanted to be a skunk pursuing cartoon cats. It's ridiculous. Canceling him is nonsense. And asserting that his character somehow led to an increase in sexual assault is legitimately crazy. But that's where we are in the culture. Blue Anon is out of control. So we also received news that Unilever, the parent company of Dove, Axe, Vaseline, etc., has decided to cancel the word "normal" in order to, as they put it, champion a new era of beauty which is equitable and inclusive, as well as sustainable for the planet. <laughs> what? What does that even mean? And there's that word "equitable" again. Equity, equal outcomes. It's a extremely dangerous concept. And we're seeing it parroted all over the place. Now you can't can't even get soap without talking about equity, apparently. And they say that using the word normal makes people feel excluded. Boo freaking who, man. What <laughs> my good are are we really this fragile as a people? I mean, well, honestly, I for one will never be happy until I see dove soap. An Axe body spray marketed with every possible skin tone, every single nationality, and all fifty-six genders with their transgender counterparts. Okay. Otherwise, they're not being inclusive enough, and they need to be destroyed. Had it with these bigots. These these people are nuts. I mean, come on. Blue and nonners are crazy. Remember when they were freaking out about Trump putting children in literal concentration camps? Yeah, well, good news. They're now mere holding facilities, like magic. Though the New York Times did manage to call them jail-like facilities, which is uh, a little bit closer. (laughs) But a record number of kids, more than 3,400, are being held at the moment. And Biden administration is holding them longer than legally allowed to and putting them in adult facilities, which they're not supposed to do either. But everything's fine. No worries. Everything's all good. And migrants are just pouring over the border now. And it's a mess. To be fair, immigration has been a mess for a long time. But blue and honors like to refer to the immigration mess in vastly different ways when there is a Democrat in office versus a Republican. It's Amazing. Everything is much better under Biden, guys. Don't ask questions. Biden won't answer them, even if you do. The dude is MIA. He's not taking questions from anyone, unless they're pre-scripted, apparently. And there is zero chance this dude is cognitively intact. Zero chance. And the other day, he got so lost, he forgot the name of the Pentagon and the name of his Secretary of Defense, saying, the guy that runs that thing over there. The thing, you know, the thing. Look, dementia or any kind of cognitive decline is nothing to joke about. But the real issue are the people around him and the people who support him, who pretend like it's not happening. All you have to do is look at a Biden speech from like five years ago and then look at him now. And it's obvious it can't be denied. And more and more people are catching on to it. The Rasmussen poll put out the other day says that 50% of voters question Biden's mental and physical fitness. It is very apparent what's going on, and those around him have to know it. So it makes you wonder who is pulling the strings. Who's actually running the country right now? Lastly, Winston Marshall, the banjo player for Mumford & Sons, was pushed out of the band and forced to undergo a public struggle session where he confessed his sins and repented to the gods of wokeness, all for reading a book. Reading a book. That's what he did. He read a book that the woke cult didn't like and paid the price for it. That book was a book called Unmasked by journalist Andy No about the history and tactics of Antifa. This is apparently considered an unforgivable blasphemy. Andy Ngo is labeled a white supremacist by the Blue and Honors. Never mind that he is of Asian descent. It's immaterial. Asian people are white now anyway, obviously. But this is where we are now. You can get the mob sent after you to destroy your life if you even read the wrong thing. Reading a book they don't want you to read is now a thought crime. But you know what really made me angry about this story outside of the actual canceling was the fact that he apologized. Please don't do that. Do not give in to the mob. It makes it so much harder because once you bow down to them and and you grovel and you give in to the tyrants, you create worse tyrants. Jordan Peterson says that all the time. You bow to tyrants, you create worse tyrants. We got to stop doing that. Stop groveling. But this is what they do. It's emotional blackmail, psychological manipulation, the same tactics as manipulative abusers. Ibram Kendi was on Twitter spewing garbage like denial of racism is evidence of racism, which is a classic Kafka trap and a favorite tactic of manipulators. This is the Kafka trap makes you guilty no matter what you do. No matter what you say, you're guilty. You either have to confess or you deny it, in which case the denial is seen as an implicit confession. So you can't win. There's no winning in such a dishonest argument. I said this many times before, but it bears repeating again. Do not apologize. Do not back down. Definitely don't grovel or beg forgiveness. And even if it wasn't wholly pathetic to do so, the mob will not grant you any grace or redemption, no matter what you do. Redemption is not in their ideology. The best course of action is to refuse to capitulate, stand your ground, and stand up boldly for what you believe in. So it's clear the Blue Anon cult is far more conspiratorial, far more out of touch with reality, and far more cultish than QAnon ever was. It's also far more dangerous. But the only reason they're able to get away with it is because they've managed to take the reins of culture, including education, corporate America, the media, and now the government, which perpetuates all of this insanity and threatens anyone who dares to dissent. So people are too afraid to stand up to them, but we have to stand up to them. You know, I did a poll a while ago and out of over 4,000 responses, 85% of people said they self-censored out of fear of backlash. And I understand it. I understand it. We're facing down a cultural revolution, not unlike Maoist China. The implications of that are terrifying. A lot of times people want to lay low and and hope that it doesn't affect them. And I, I get that, but we need to cut it off now. At some point, we have to take that risk and stand up for the truth before it's too late. I think it's way past time that we throw down the gauntlet, figuratively punch them in the mouth, and tell them to go pound sand. That's the only way this ends. Thanks for listening. I'm Leonidas and this has been Informed Dissent. If you'd like to help support the show through donation, you can do so at donorbox.org/leonidas. D O N O R B O X.org/leonidas. I really appreciate that. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, give it a five-star rating, share with your friends, also, follow me on social media at Leonidas Johnson. And check out my website at leonidasjohnson.com. And always remember do your own research, challenge everything. Don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe. We'll see you next week. God bless.